Romans chapter 8 is going to be the passage that we are going to meditate in. Chapter 8, verse 14 through 17. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 17. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then ears, ears of God and fellow ears with Christ provided we suffer with him, in order that we may also be glorified with him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, help us to understand your precious word. And give us this amazing grace to listen to your precious word. That's my prayer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Brothers and sisters, Paul shows in the verse 14 through 17 the, the insurance of salvation for believers and the, the source of power that makes the Christian obey and walk in the commandments of the Lord God. That is, the power of the Holy Spirit. Christians no longer walk according to the flesh as Paul is spoken in the verse 13. The reason is that believers were made children of God and belong to God's family. That being said, Paul's first teaching is that the Spirit of God guides the children of God. Verse 14 for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. The first point, the message is the Spirit guides the children of God. The verse 14 would be the continu continuation of what Paul stated in the verse 13. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Therefore, brothers and sisters, the difference between those who are children of God and those who are not is that the Spirit of God guides children's, children of God. That is, they walk in holiness and the desire of their own flesh no longer guide them. Remember what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. The Bible says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and will not gratify the desires of the flesh. As a reminder, brothers and sisters, children of God were saved by Jesus Christ. He believed in Christ Jesus as the only Son of God, Lord of all. Remember that before we were in Adam, we were sinners. 
and we were in a position of condemnation. However, now we are in Christ Jesus. We were forgiven and saved from the wrath of God, and we were received as his children. Before discursing what it looks like to be led by the Spirit of according to the Scriptures, let me, let me first explain what it's like not to be led by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit of God is not about hearing a voice within us or some special revelation or some spiritual vision. As we know, that is not new, right? Many people want to establish doctrines through experience or sensations to explain this verse, to explain verses such as these and the other passages. These people believe more in what they feel than what the Bible says. However, to be guided by the Spirit of God is to hear and obey the voice of the Holy Scriptures. In other words, to be guided by the Holy Spirit is to be guided through the Holy Scripture. Since the Lord is sovereign, God is in control of all things. How much more He will rule and guide gently His children in the, in the way of life. Moreover, this way of life will be shaped by God and visible in the behavior of the children who serve God the Father with our willingness to please and do His Father's will. Not simple to do good deeds to be accepted by God, but because God saved them, there is pleasure instead of obligation. No longer fear drives them, the children of God, but the love of Jesus Christ revealed on the cross of Calvary. One scholar said, Biblical action shows us whom God saved. The Holy Spirit was the one who saved us and brought us out of the way of darkness and drew us to Christ. This same Spirit will lead us on the path of holiness. This reminds us of the work written by John Bunyan called Pilgrim Progress. It says that the pilgrim was taken away from the city of destruction. That means this world. And he was guided to the celestial city. Brothers and sisters, let us be confident that he will lead us to the celestial city until the end. 
if there is anyone here who has not put his hope, if there is anyone here who has not put your hope in Jesus Christ yet, is the time to repent for your sins and cry out the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for he alone has the power to forgive sins and bring you out of the darkness and lead you to the celestial city. Notice verse 15. The verse 15, chapter 8 says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Second point, the children of God have received divine sonship by the Spirit. By whom we cry, Abba, Father. Don't, do not miss this point. We are, we are going to talk about this expression later on. Two groups here are presented in different positions in realities. Paul reinforced to the Christian in Rome that they are no longer in the position of slavery, of sin, but they have been set free. This passage has a similar meaning of what Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 4, 1 through 17. The apostle Paul shows that now those who have received the spirit of adoption belong to God, that is, they are children of God. They belong to the family of God. As a consequence of that, they should not walk in fear because they were set free by God. Remember John 8, 32, you know the truth and the truth will set you free. Verse 36, if, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The reason Paul gives for ensuring that the Spirit of God leads children is that they, are, they no longer live in a state of bondage, but they have been set free by the Spirit of adoption. Now they belong to other. They belong to another. As Christians, we have received the spirit of adoptions, brothers and sisters. We belong to the God's family, as I said. In this case, the Lord Jesus took us from, from slavery of sin. And he took us from the path of darkness. Furthermore, he led us into the light. His light. He took us for out of the path of death and put us on the path of life. How, how, how can we understand when he says that they did not receive the spirit of slavery? Well, there are two possibilities. First, Paul deals with the slavery of false religion, which enslaves, enslaves and produces fear because it does not find in itself the solution to sins. That enslaved person seeks to justify himself 
before God through His good works. The second would be the sinful nature inherent in Adam, which causes everyone to live in fear because of the divine wrath to come. Either way, one thing is certain. The spirit of bondage produces fear and death. However, the children of God can no longer live in fear. If the spirit of slavery produces fear, the spirit of God produces peace and assurance. Because they no longer treated as guilty, they treated like a children who God forgave. Paul he states two ways. Either way, either, either you are a slave of sin or a slave of God. You belong to God or belongs, belong to sin. There is no partiality. There is no impartiality. There is no fear for the children of God who have been set free. That's right, brothers and sisters, we should not walk in fear because we are no longer in Adam. Now, if, you, if we believe in Christ Jesus, we are in Christ Jesus. We are accepted before God because of Jesus Christ. We didn't receive the spirit of slavery, but the spirit of adoption that confirms our affiliation with God the Father. And look at this, the same spirit is our faithful witness that confirms our steps. Let us look at verse 16. Verse 16 says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Third point, the Spirit confirms the children of God. This witness that the Spirit give, gives in their children does not consist of an um, audibly, can you get that? Audibly? Thank you. Audibly voice, voice. Like, you are my son. It's not like that. That doesn't work like that. As I mentioned in the first point, the passage teaches that the Holy Spirit bears witness the scriptures in the children's hearts, strengthening their faith and enabling them to follow, follow, follow God's promises. Then, they receive confirmation of the testimony of God in their lives when they walk according to the, com according to the commitments of God, according to the scriptures. Remember what God says, what God spoke through the, the prophet Jeremiah when he said, I will put my law within them and write, write it on their hearts and, and, I will be, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. 
According to the Bible, the faithful witness, the Holy Spirit, confirms who they are, the children of God, by showing them through the Scriptures and illuminating their understanding to grasp, to believe what God spoken through the Bible. Brothers and sisters, there is a such powerful action of God through the Holy Scripture. We do believe that God talked to us through the Scripture. When people say, I don't like that church because we cannot listen to the voice of God. You can say, we listen to the voice of God when we open the Bible and the pastor preach the gospel faithfully. God talked to us through the preacher of the word, brothers and sisters. The Holy Spirit confirmed the steps of His children through this internal action of Holy Spirit in the heart of the believer through the Bible. The Bible says that the Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Because of this, many people do not understand what that means. And they seek experimental experimental confirmation to listen a louder voice from heaven telling them what they are. Satan often deceives many people who seek this experience. Biblical doctrine is what establishes experience rather than experience establishing doctrines. Let the scripture and the scripture alone define who we are before God. The voice of the scriptures must sound louder than any human experience. The Holy Spirit, again, speaks through the Scripture. The Holy Spirit confirms our steps through the Scriptures. The Holy Spirit witnesses that we are children of God through the Scriptures. And this solid foundation confirms that we are children of God according to the Scriptures. Brothers and sisters, what, what, what tremendous blessings God has given us through His Holy Spirit. First, we are led by the Spirit. Second, we have received the Spirit of adoption. And third, we have received confirmation that we are children of God by the testimony of His faithful witness, the Holy Spirit. To conclude, as children of God, we are Heirs, as heirs, we receive benefits for our Almighty Father. Let us read verse 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. Children of God, heirs of God, 
by the Spirit. If you are son or daughter, then you are heir. This is the Paul's, Paul's logic in verse 17. That means you will receive all things and benefits as a son. Among many benefits, Paul points, points out two blessings, two, two promises for you I, for, as a Christian in our Christian life. And you know, the two is our suffering and glory. It is good to talk about this because we learned a few weeks ago when Pastor preached about suffering glory. And that gave him more like resource to preach here. God knows everything. Suffer with him. In our time, this statement is not well regarded by many. Why not? Because many people think that go, by go to the church, their problems will be over. Is that true? <laughs> However, brothers and sisters, suffering is part of our journey. journey. If our Savior Jesus suffered, do you think we will not suffer? Suffering for Christ's sake is a privilege. Remember uh, what Paul says in the Philippians, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Remember the word of Jesus when he said in John 15, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecute me, they will also persecute you. As children of God, we want to please God and live for his glory because we were created to the glory of God and enjoy him forever. This standard of living presents itself as enemies to this world. For this reason, Paul spoke to Timothy about it when he says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Brothers and sisters, sometimes, sometimes, suffering for the Christian is pedagogical. God decrees our suffering more more our suffering for more sublime purpose than you and I I can imagine. Just one fact that's reminding now when I was kid or preaching and sometime I, I did something wrong, my mother came and you know and she, she talks like this many times when she was called my attention, say, it's hurt, um, it's hurt more in me than you. Like, when she, when she was like, all time, because this time is totally different, right? But all times, when you come home, I'll talk to you privately. And she used to say that, it's hurt more than me and than you. And I said, really, mommy? 
it's hurt a lot. <laughs> but she was expressed his love, her love for me. But that time I was a teenage or preaching. We think like I know everything better than my father and my mother. But now I know. Like the Bible says, we learn through the sufferings. Remember the, the Job. Remember Job in chapter 42. He said, I had heard for of you by hear of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I despise myself and suddenly in dust and ashes. Job understood the whole process, the word of the Lord in his life. As I said, brothers and sisters, we live in a fallen world. Many situations of suffering can happen because of the fight against sin or persecution for being followers of Christ Jesus. Every person in this world goes through some kind of suffering. But there is a considerable difference between the children of God and those who are not. The difference is that the children of God have someone to cry out to. We have someone to ask for help. We are not alone. Remember when Jesus said, and, I, and, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I would like to remind you, brothers and sisters, the expression when I said, don't miss that, verse 15, when the Bible used the expression, Abba, Father. Abba is the uh, Aramaic? Aramaic? Aramaic. Aramaic equivalent for father. The repetition is one of the endearment and entreated taken from children's natural impulse to repeat a beloved name in different forms. This expression is used two times, two times in the New Testament. First, in Mark 14, when Jesus was in agony in the garden, he was used as a loud Jesus did that in the garden. His experience, his experience was one of the most unique moments in the Bible. The second is when the Paul wrote in the Galatia chapter 4, verse 6, to show our affiliation with the Father. And one scholar spoke saying, it is because you are son that you are able to address your heavenly father is such genuine accent of filial emotion. When we see things from bad to worse, brothers and sisters, when we see things from bad to worse, or when we come across to the dark night of the soul, as the Puritans used to say, we can cry aloud, say, Abba! It seems to me, brothers and sisters, that sometimes many Christians have not yet known the implications of this most significant benefit to call God as Father, to call as Abba, Father. In many times of struggle and pain, let us have the confidence to cry out to God our Father. For he knows, remember the Bible says, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Sinclair Ferguson said once, for scripture 
teaches us then that in Christ's trials have a goal. God is treating his people as sons by training them. All discipline is evidence of his love. More than that, suffering is the Christian life, is the training ground of the soul. The father is equipping his children through adversity. But, those, but for those who are suffering along with Christ, let me tell you this. It will pass. During this process, only be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Because the glory of Christ that is revealed for the children of God is incomparable. Remember, suffering and glory. Those who suffer with Christ will enjoy glory with Him. Knowing that that during, during times of suffering... We have a loving Father who will lead us at all times. And He will be with us, give us a biblical perspective. When we do believe in this truth, brothers and sisters, it brings holy refreshment and encouragement during the struggles because the glory is coming. Remember, the suffering and glory go together. Did you remember when Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Christ called the attention of the two disciples in Luke 24, uh, disciples of Emmaus or Emmaus? Emmaus? You know that? You know what I mean, right? To his mission. Jesus was talking to them. He said about his mission and the fulfillment of the prophecies about him. Jesus said, and he said to them, Oh, foolish ones. And is low of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory by him? Did you see it? Suffering and glory. Suffering and glory. If you are facing suffering knowing this, know this. God is in control and the glory is coming. Look at the life of Jesus Christ. Men of sorrows suffered for us, died for us. Several times Jesus said that he needed to serve. For it was written and that he said that he would die because it was written. But Jesus Christ, after his suffering, he conquered death. He destroyed Satan's empire and sin. And brought forgiveness and salvation to us, to his people. And after all, because it is written, Jesus, the Bible says, out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see his offspring and be satisfied. Suffering is a reality of for, for God's children. However, brothers and sisters, do not forget that suffering will pass, but the glory is certain and forever. Amen? Amen. Let us sing the last song before you go. Song, Another Year 
is down in 555. In this moment, we have um, offering.